Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Now I was chatting to someone on one of my earn and learn programs the other day before the call got going in earnest and he'd been trying to make an assisted sales strategy linked to high-end properties work for a couple of years now. The results have been mixed at best, with lots of hurdles or barriers to overcome along along the way. And this reminded me of the need to have several tools available to us in our property deal-making toolbox, ready to apply on any given project as and when it's required. Normally, I would encourage an investor to focus on just one strategy, maybe two linked strategies, But sometimes we do need to have a little bit of flexibility, especially if we're talking directly to vendors and or potential JV partners. So today I thought I would elaborate on what some of these tools are, giving a couple of examples of deals that I'm working on right now. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Now, as my earn and learn investor has discovered, the assisted sale strategy has some potential advantages and also some potential drawbacks too. On the plus side, and from his perspective, he would require less upfront capital and he should have lower costs if he can assist a current property owner to increase the value of their property where they both share in the upside that's realized. The downside, of course, is that it can be a complicated strategy to explain both to vendors and also to agents. And so people often avoid complexity and therefore drop the deal as a result. It's also quite good in certain parts of the property cycle. For example, in a flat market and more so where the vendor is in negative equity uh, or has limited funding, which is often soon after a price correction. Ironically then, the the last couple of years were perhaps not maybe the most fertile in terms of pitching an assisted sales strategy, but that might well change from this year, depending of course on how Brexit goes, so watch this space on that one. So I wanted to highlight a couple of uh, real case studies that that talk about some of the tools, and they're literally recent examples that have occurred this year. So property tool number one, is exchanged with delayed completion. And, and this chat with my earn and learn investor reminded me that since I have been doing property seriously, which is for around 10 years now, I've only just uh, agreed my first exchange with delayed completion deal with a vendor. An exchange with delayed completion deal is the equivalent of an assisted sale, but with a different final exit route. The assisted sale results in a sale of the property to a third party, as its name implies, whereas an exchange with delayed completion project usually leads to the property investor taking ownership of that property instead of a third party. So we're owning it ourselves, in other words. 
And what happens in the middle though is often quite similar. So what does happen in the middle then? Well, usually it's either adding value or fixing a problem on a simplistic level. And why would an exchange with delayed completion project be more advantageous? Well, to us, the investor, we won't have to find a deposit and pay the full acquisition costs on the project, project rather, until final completion. We also won't need to arrange for expensive financing either. Then, provided we can agree key access and permission to undertake work on the property during, uh, sorry, between exchange and completion, we can go in and add value or fix the problem in between. This then allows us to arrange finance once the property has an agreed value or has the problem fixed, which often means an increased valuation or the property even becoming mortgageable in the first place. And not to mention, of course, that we've entered into a joint venture agreement of sorts, so just sort of flag that point. Now, I have just agreed such a deal, and it was the first one in 10 years. I can't exactly say that I've been trying to agree exchange with delayed completion deals, to be perfectly honest with you. But I am, an, I am educated enough to know uh, what they look like and when to pitch it, as opposed to, uh, sorry, as a potential solution which on this particular occasion happened to work. Here, the property has been converted into an HMO, but sadly there are several problems with the conversion that mean it's not fully licensable in these new licensing times, because that's a two-story property and he's being caught up in the licensing scheme, and it's so it's not sustainable for him to operate, the, the owner that is. For example, there's no communal space at all. The property does not comply with the full HMO regulations. There is damp in a botched extension, asbestos in the garage, and it resembles a kind of squat for all intents and purposes, with wet laundry draped over all over the place, excess paperwork creating fire hazards. In fact, the fire alarms, the smoke detectors aren't even properly connected. Yeah, don't even ask. And there's some cheap, grotty furniture in most of the rooms as well. So. As a result, out of six lettable rooms, only two are currently tenanted, and so the property needs to spend time and money that they do not have in fixing these issues. To be honest, if I were to buy this property outright, I would need to discount the purchase price so much that it would potentially insult the owner. He's a good person uh, who's been caught up in a bad situation through, through no real fault of his own, and I want to help him out, as well as me, of course, into a deal that would work for me commercially to create a win-win outcome for both of us. So an exchange with delayed completion was mooted as an idea, of course, by me. I believe this could potentially work here, not least of which as the property owner is commercially aware himself and could therefore grasp the con uh, concept much more quickly. He, he occupies a senior director directorship level position in, in a large corporate, so I think he's pretty commercially savvy in other words. Uh, we quickly agreed a deal uh, and I would have a seven to eight month gap between exchange and completion. So otherwise it's a normal sale, it's just I've got an extended period between exchange and completion. It's normally 14 or 28 days or even the same day. So it's quite an extended period of time, but it's not, not you know massively so. In between, I would also have access to the property and be able to address the issues that I mentioned earlier, then re-tenant the property 
and finally get a, a finance valuation prior to uh, final completion and transfer the property in, into my own name. I won't have to buy the property initially and nor will I have to stump up expensive short-term finance costs. Equally, I can defer some of the other costs of the project and even enjoy some of the income from the current tenants as I work around them as far as I possibly can. The vendor gets the assurance of a guaranteed sale once we've exchanged, where my deposit is at stake if I fail to deliver. And let's face it, I'm also adding value to their property along the way as well. I can then, you know, therefore afford to pay a better price for the property, which also means less pain for the vendor as well. There are some things to consider and indeed document uh, in, in such an arrangement, such as permissions, access rights, ownership and payment of the, uh, of the improvement works, responsibilities, insurance and so on. But with decent commercial awareness and indeed a good solicitor, these issues can be worked through relatively straightforwardly. So that was the first property uh, tool that I had in my toolkit and it's been there quite a long time but as you can uh, fully understand a little bit like you know some other tools in your toolbox literally they don't always get used or there's a long time before they're really needed that was the case here of course. So the second property tool that I wanted to share with you today was option agreements and hear this one out because it has a little bit of a twist. Lease and land options are another tool that we can have in our property deal toolbox. An option is one way, uh, sorry, is a one-way right to buy a property subject to certain things happening, which may be specified and may not be. For example, with a lease option agreement, we may agree to lease or rent a property for a set rental uh, for a number of years with the option to buy it for a certain price at the end of the term. Could be three years, five years, seven years, for example. We might exercise the option to buy or we might not. We would probably not if the value had fallen, the mortgage market had deteriorated, or if we could not raise the funds for the deposit for whatever reason. Ironically then, these are all reasons why it could put off a vendor as well. With a land option, we may agree to buy a plot of land or a property subject to us receiving planning permission to build or even convert the property into a more profitable scheme. In both cases, the option mostly benefits the person granted the option, perhaps more so than the person granting the option. So you can see why it might not always be that popular, quite frankly. Situations where it may be of benefit to a vendor could include where they do not have the time, know-how uh, or, or inclination to secure the very thing that could increase the property's value. Alternatively, where they have their problem resolved, such as an empty property being 100% rented for several years with no voids, maintenance, tenants or toilets to worry about, for example. And I recently had such a situation presented to me. Ironically, I agreed to uh, I agreed a purchase option deal with a property vendor nine months ago, which seemed to go nowhere after we'd agreed it. I didn't really understand why, but there we are. To be honest, I think the owner did not fully understand the arrangement, and equally, the fact that it was an option and not a definite sale had probably put him off. Nonetheless, I followed up 
which is, um, you know, which if, if you don't do anything as a result of today's episode, I suggest you do this one thing and always do it. That is, always follow up on your offers and negotiations, even if they're declined, even if the, the property goes under offer and is sold subject to contract, contract, follow up. Things fall out, things change, and you know you have another opportunity to go back again. And if you've built rapport along the way, well, you've got an opportunity and a chance, haven't you? So despite a dented ego, uh, some wasted time, and a, a lost opportunity, I, I decided to check in with this particular vendor, just in case. And they had undertaken some work to develop the property according to the planning approval that they had indeed secured on the property. However, reading between the lines, they had apparently, or it seems to me at least, run out of funds and were at risk of losing a grant that they'd been awarded, which carried it, which came with a condition that the project is completed before the end of March, which of course is, is the council's tax year end. Fifth uh, of April, strictly speaking, but let's say the end of March. So now they're truly motivated, aren't they, some nine months later? Okay, so I tried and pitched my option agreement again, which, will, which of course will allow me to buy the property subject to a revised planning application. Don't tell the vendor, but his planning approval is not the most profitable one for that particular property. So I wanted to improve the outcome, but without the risk of uh, owning the property and all that entails um, in case planning was refused, of course. The owner was not exactly biting my hand off those, again, <laughs> as you can possibly uh, guess from, from this story. So I tried to better understand his position and why he was reluctant to proceed. It seems he was torn. If he could complete the project somehow, he could not only have a property that was uh, then capable of earning him money instead of costing him money, but he could also qualify for the grant, which after all is free money, isn't it? But he had to spend money um, that he didn't have and he had to do it fast to realise the outcome. The risk to him with an option agreement was a lack of certainty, therefore. Of course, he did not say these actual words, I have a lack of certainty. Often people don't say what they really want or what they're really thinking. So we have to read between the lines and tease it out of them, which is a kind of a skill. Hmm. Okay, so... The option, you know, agreement was not doing it for him, I pondered. So <laughs> what about an exchange with delayed completion then? That would give him certainty now, wouldn't it? Nope. <laughs> Happier, but not exactly happy with that. It could have worked and arguably should have worked. I mean, nobody else was sniffing around his not-so-glam property, and it strikes me that he lost the will and possibly also the funds to see the project through. Note both the emotional and financial reasons that he has there, just as an observation. However, just by going through these steps with the vendor, and crucially whilst also maintaining a good rapport and relationship throughout the whole process over nine months, it set the scene for my final tool to be applied in this situation. And the final tool was... Discount. <laughs> okay, there's a twist. Okay, so that's not exactly a sophisticated, you know, property tool now, is it? Offering low is not exactly the most imaginative or advanced technique, I appreciate that. However, it was the most appropriate tool to be used at this particular point in time. Now, 
I could be telling you about a purchase option agreement, a conditional planning agreement, or even another exchange with delayed completion deal that I had agreed, when all I am saying is that I got a discount off the vendor's asking price instead. But that is completely missing the point. You see, without the tools that I applied previously, and without the step-by-step -step process and interpersonal skills deployed in the previous nine months, along with the bags of patience, persistence, and frankly, a system, I am not sure that I would even be able to pitch a discounted offer, let alone have it agreed. You see, it was having these tools available that set up this particular purchase. And, and to be topical, having just watched Novak Djokovic beat, beat uh, sorry, Rafa Nadal in the Australian Open, I noticed that Novak did not win all his points with aces and return winners. I'm sure you did too. Instead, the point, um, he set the point up by mixing up his shots, also responding to his opponent, and even just hanging in there in the point at times, to be fair, until he was ready to play the winner or force an error in his opponent or just grind them down, uh, quite literally, instead. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't see myself as an opponent in any property transaction. However, I still employ a variety of shot selections to test what will work and what won't work in any given situation. I wish I could tell you this is something that you can instantly learn and apply, but just as Novak and Rafa have put in the times with their coaches and on the practice courts, it's often the result of years of disciplined learning, testing, failing, and finally, a correct application that leads to a game, a set, and eventually a match for us property investors, I can tell you. I did want to tell you a little bit more on another example, uh, such as the latest grade two listed uh, property that I managed to secure from under the nose of a local developer who had offered on the property and had even taken his build around on a second viewing when I had barely seen the sketchy report back from my viewer proxy viewer that I paid 50 quid to go and see the property on my behalf. But time here today is short. Suffice to say, it's all about the positioning and the authority that uh, comes out. But maybe I'll say that for another conversation. I'll therefore leave it for now for you to ponder what tools you have in your toolbox. I will just add that I am you know, planning to run, if I get my words out, I'm planning to run an earn and learn program on one, two, or even all three of these projects that I've mentioned or referred to today. So if you want to hear more about my shot selection and the tools that I have in my particular toolbox, then get in touch and we can talk. Now then, some people that are hearing you know, more about some of the shots and tools in my particular toolbox are, you know, and quite regularly actually, are, are my apprentices who are around 70 days into their 100-day program at the time I recorded this brief update. So let's hear a little from them and how they're getting on right now then, shall we? We're at the end of the uh, third group session on the you know, TPV apprenticeship program. I think we're approximately 70 days into the 100 days. We just had a really good session. We had a real live joint venture partner join us today, um, as well as report backs from, from the team. 
but what I thought would be really useful is if, if each, each of the apprentices just gave us a, a quick sort of summary. They've got some cues, you know, they're going to share with you right now about uh, some of their th thoughts and findings and achievements over the 70 days and perhaps a quick outlook to the next 30 to see what's going to happen. So if I'm not mistaken, it should be first up with David. Yes, yeah, so hi there. Uh, like Richard said, I'm David. Uh, a reminder of what my sort of goal, outline goal was, uh, is to achieve a foundation through property-related uh, investing uh, that supports athletes. Um, my, my, my broad strategy for the 30 days, uh, for the 100 days, sorry, uh, was to create a um, network of people that I would be able to deal source directly to, so create a um, sort of personalized deal sourcing uh, service. Uh, a update on how that's going, I've identified um, a number of people that are going to be within this um, sort of network of people, which is fantastic. I've got meetings with them um, and, and, and follow-up sessions with them. I'm getting an improved system from my end to, to, to do the deal sourcing alongside my, my, my role uh, in my job. And I think what, what the, the, you know, the 70 days has really taught me so far is that we've, we've created a community within the apprenticeship. There's, there's a lot of um, support from the other apprentices, which is, which is fantastic, a lot of crossover. Um, and whenever there's a there's an issue or a, uh, a struggle in terms of a, a knowledge gap for, for me, um, there's another apprentice or Richard himself that can fill that. And I think that's the, the really good thing about this apprenticeship program. Uh, and the next 30 days, I'm, I'm hoping to hit all my targets that I've set out. So all going well for me at the moment. Thank you, David. We appreciate that. And we'll move straight into to Richard. Hi, so uh, name's Richard. Um, so my someday goal was to invest in commercial property and also increase my residential portfolio, but using um, other strategies beyond standard buy to let. Um, I'm, I'm continuing to get great value from being involved in, in the Property Voice Apprenticeship. Um, something that's really come across to me uh, working with Richard and the other apprentices has been, uh, I've found it as actually quite a great intro for me into kind of a mini mastermind format, even though uh, that uh, I don't think that was necessarily its purpose. It, it's something that's definitely happened and I know um, that's just been mentioned and, and I have to say that that's been really good uh, and I'm really pleased with that. I'm still continuing to head towards my goals um, and, and my overall objectives. Um, certainly again, as part uh, of being involved with the, the wider group, I'm being held accountable by the group uh, to make sure I'm on track against my objectives and, uh, and that's, been, that's been really good. And I think, um, again, it just continues for me in that the, the connections that I'm making as a result of, of being in this process uh, is, is just absolutely proving invaluable uh, in, in, working, in helping me work towards my objectives. So uh, I'm still moving forward, still really engaged, still really enjoying it and getting great value out of the whole process. So uh, I'm looking forward to the, the remainder of period up until the end of February. Perfect. Thanks very much, uh, Richard. I really appreciate that feedback. And, um, and next up is Dominic. Yeah, hi, uh, my name's Dominic. Uh, my someday goal is to reach financial freedom. 
Um, my 100-day goal for the program is to get one or two deals under my belt, one or two property deals, um, to help me reach my uh, someday goal. Um, one of the things I've learned, or one of the main things I've learned in this program, uh, is how to better analyze deals and to use KPI targets to appraise them. Uh, I mean, this has helped me filter out uh, the good deals from the bad ones, basically, so that I can actually reach my goals. Um, I, I feel like I've been making good progress towards my uh, goal for the program. I actually have one property uh, purchase deal underway at the moment. Um, this has been with a business partner. Uh, that was another one of my long-term goals to actually JV uh, with a partner. So I'm ahead of schedule there. Uh, and I think probably one of the main reasons my partner just decided to go in with me uh, is because of the analysis I've, I've done on the property. Um, so yeah, so that's obviously been very helpful uh, from the program. Okay, thank you very much, Dominic. And uh, straight into uh, finally, but by no means least, of course, Sean. Hi, it's uh, Sean here. Um, just as a reminder, my someday goal was to reach financial freedom uh, by way of providing investor services, um, sourcing three deals for investors and adding in project management if required. Uh, so since our last update, I've been really getting into the practical stuff, viewing properties and costing refurbs, also building relationships with the state agents and potential investors alike. Um, alongside this, I've been working on processes and compliance, which arguably are the most important things to get right first, so I can um, so I can provide a first-class service for investors, which is both efficient and ethical at the same time. Um, I'm now at the point where I've nailed down my strategy and I'm going to focus on um, focus most of my efforts on finding suitable holiday let investments for my clients using local knowledge and also current experience in this field. I think uh, the biggest struggle that I've had is trying to juggle everything really um, with commuting to work every day and a young family to look after. Um, but I think I've managed to just keep an eye on the end goal and keep pushing on through it. I'd say the biggest inspiration has come from the group since last time. It's got to be uh, think outside the box and look for deals in places that others aren't, as sometimes the best deals are to be had here. Um, as the others have said before, the the support from the group is uh, is really good. Uh, whatever questions you've got, there's there's someone that's always got the answer, whether it's Richard or the other apprentices, or even some of the some of the guests that Richard's uh, uh, has introduced us to. Um, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to the uh, to the last sort of thirty days ish now. Perfect. Thanks very much, Sean. Thanks very much, everyone. And, you know, I won't mention his name, but we've got the uh, joint venture partner on the phone as well, who's been shared, shared freely with us today, as well as one of the guests that uh, Sean's just referred to. And I think really the focus is I, I talked, you know, before we had this recording piece about it's called an apprenticeship program. And of course, an apprenticeship program applies learning, implies learning rather. And of course, it, there is a lot of learning. You probably heard that from the report back just there. 
But th this particular program is also about, you know, masterminding, in other words, support and accountability from, from peers and a group and a team. But it's also very much about implementation and results. And uh, I've just been talking quite a lot about results being the main focus for the last 30 days of the program. So it's all going to be very, very exciting. So we're going to have a final report back probably in about a month's time or so. So look out for that. But thanks, guys. I really appreciate you sharing uh, today and uh, looking forward to the, the final 30 days of the program. I have to say, I am so, so proud of these guys for their approach, commitment, and especially the results. They are a dream to work with, even though it's not all been plain sailing. We're a tight little community now, and the guys are even designing what follows on from the apprenticeship, uh, sorry, apprenticeship program themselves. And I've no idea what that even looks like, so we'll just have to see, won't we? I've now filled three seats on my next TPV apprenticeship program, which starts in March. And that's actually enough in all honesty, as I do live and breathe my apprentices throughout the program. I can tell you, and so it takes a lot of my energy and focus to give them of my best. However, I might have room for just one more on the next intake. And so if you have been sitting there on the sidelines wondering if you should go for it, just as Martin, my third confirmed apprentice, did recently, then I would encourage you to reach out and at least explore the idea and we can have a conversation. I'm particularly interested if you're a woman, as we simply need more women in property, don't we? But guys, don't be shy as well in coming forward. Of the three apprentices confirmed for the next program, we have a 20-something, a 30-something, and a 40-something-year-old. And in the current program, we also have a 50-something-year-old too, besides me. So age is no barrier. We have two guys and one gal. We have uh, s some with a little bit of money and or experience behind them. And we have some without any at all to speak of. My apprenticeship is different. And whilst there's a price to pay um, to have some genuine skin in the game, as it were, and commitment and accountability... It does not necessarily have to be through a formal fee. It can be through bartering or what I prefer to call a value exchange. Instead, I, I want my program to be accessible, you see. Equally, you might just hear about some of my apprentices becoming members of my extended team or even partners of mine eventually too. This is more than a learning experience. It's an opportunity to genuinely make a step change in your property journey with me, your guiding hand, and a supportive peer group around you as you do. I'm not Lord Sugar, but I hope in my own small way I'm helping ordinary people like you and me to realise their dream in property in a realistic and sustainable way. I'm not looking to scale this in a big way or become a big training provider as I really genuinely prefer to see big changes in a small group of people that I know by name. And if you like the sound of that, then we really should talk. Okay, so that's me done for another week. You know, perhaps it's been longer than I anticipated, actually, especially at this late hour. But don't forget the show notes are over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net, including how you can reach me by telephone, of course. Or if you want to talk about anything from today's show or just talk property investing more generally, you know you can email me. 
podcast at thepropertyvoice.net and I'd be more than happy to hear from you. Uh, someone recently commented, uh, commented back to me. Um, I asked for some questions. They wrote in with you know quite a long and considered response and I answered almost immediately and in person. And that's, that's what happens. Literally, if you write to me uh, through podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, that's what you're going to get back in return. So all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.